75 at 12 of the zone. Brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. All right, you want to give your dad a shout-out on the radio. Now's the time. Question of the day with Father's Day Sunday. Why is your dad awesome? Derek tweets at us because he bought season tickets to Utah football back in 1982 and has had them ever since. 18 seats now. Oh, We made a ton of great memories. Wow, that's awesome because a lot of that time they sucked. Oh, yeah, if you got in at 82, you're hardcore. You look up at those 82 seasons, those, they alternated between bad and mediocre. That's all there was. That's what I'm talking about, man. Don't be jumping on Pac-12. No, that, that's hardcore. Those are, those are my people, people who are in it, win or lose. I, I had, was listening to one guy give a talk, um, and he was talking. It was at a BYU function, and he said, Coach, I just want you to know, I back you, win or draw. <laughs> 82, Chuck Stobart was the new coach. Now, they were coming off an 8-2-1 season. That's good. But they went 5-6, and six, and then they went 5-6, and six, and then they went 6-5. and five. <laughs> They had an 8-win season, when and then was, they had a 2-win season. When was BYU beating them? the crap out of them all the time was that the yeah, 70s like se- 72 to 92 something like that i can look it up but yeah it was yeah okay and they'd won like 19 out of 20 18 out of 20 18 out of 20 1978 and 1988 were the uh were the exceptions so we're at nine now do Which you think ties the record when we get to 20 years since they BYU went 18 and 2 is what you're telling me, right? Uh-huh. So we've got 11 more year, or 11 more games since it won't right. be Right, it, it'll take 13 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think it'll be when we when we there's nine now, so 11 more ball games, not counting the playoffs that they, <sighs> but they might meet in. The most difficult part of this equation is tell me how many of those games Kyle Winningham coaches because he's got it down. When there's a coaching change, I think everything can change. He's got it down cold right now. He's got built-in advantages. He knows how to capitalize on them, and he has. So can the Utes get to 18-2? Yeah. I think that he'll be there max five. Now, he hasn't told me that, so I'm not reporting any news. Right. This is my own feeling on what he said and what he said publicly. So basically half of that. No more than half. Well, that's why I think eighteen and two would be a good mark. You think because, they'll go eighteen and two? Well, if he's gonna oh, if he's man. gonna play the next four or five, he's gonna coach. But I yeah. mean, he's gonna coach. Yeah, uh, although he could play <laughs> a little slower, but he could play. <laughs> that sideline to sideline speed isn't what it used to be. <laughs> yeah, if you just stick him in the middle. <laughs> but see, here's here's the problem, and this is why maybe I'd take the under on eighteen and two. So they play him this year in the opener. And they play him next year, but then they take the two years off. So you said max five. He's going to coach three games max. So he's not going to coach yeah, half of I, I don't if, know that. If you're right. <laughs> but let's just go under the theory you're right. I mean, he's in his 60s. It's not outrageous. He'll be 61 this season. Right. No, no, and he's spoken about it. I'm not, right. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. anything he hasn't spoken about. Right. So he's going to turn 61 this year. So yeah. by the time they resume the series again, because they've got uh, – with five more games scheduled out there. Okay, after I got the you. You could say break. he's got two more times to beat these guys. Right. If he coached four years, yeah. Now, how many of those next five? What's the program going to look like? Are they going to make the right hire? Or are they going to make the wrong hire? I mean, look how quickly Utah basketball turned after Rick Majerus. Right. Majerus goes to the NCAA tournament and 
you know, the guys who coached Majerus' guys, because it was Hunsaker one year and it was Rupp one year, right? But let's just treat them all like Majerus' teams because he recruited the guys. So he goes 11 times in 13 years. But then, subsequently, and let's not put this all on Larry, there's three coaches. They've gone three times in 15 years. I'm giving that first Jackaletti team was still Majerus' guys, right? Jackaletti had to pull Bogut back in. He was almost out. He played one year for Majerus. Yeah, Mark Jackson. Then he got Mark Jackson back in the program, too. So the Utes have a span 11 of 13, but then they go 3 of 15. So, you know, you tell me after Kyle, they could hire the right guy because they've, they've hired three good football coaches in a row. Mack had a good run. Urban had two great years. And Kyle's had a good run here. So they could hit again, in which case, you know, then 18 and 2 is in play. But if you miss, wow. if you miss, look how bad UCLA's gotten. If you miss. And, and UCLA, not that long ago, was cranking out 10-win seasons. Okay, yeah, but does the other team has to have the right guy, too. They do. It's not just you. You're right. But I think that BYU, with two different coaches, has been in the games, right? There's a couple that haven't been in. Obviously, I, I think last year, I, I didn't think BYU was going to win eh, that game. They were in it for a while. They were First in it for half. a while. But there are games they definitely could have won. I mean, they had a two-point conversion at the end of the game. In a one-point loss, they de- I mean that was that game was different than the one we saw last. Oh, week. so what you're saying is hiring a coordinator had zero experience? Might have bit him right there. <laughs> Might have been a problem. Could have been trouble. Uh, we just spoke to somebody who would be an excellent hire. Uh, well, I think the reason to ask him what we asked him about jobs is because his name's coming up. He's going to get a phone call at some point. Oh, he already has. So, but I mean, do you, do you? But would with a Pac-12 hire a Big Sky head coach? Under normal circumstances, I would say no. I would say no, ninety-nine percent of the time. But is he the one percent? You know, how many years away is it? Is he going to have gotten over the hump against James Madison in North Dakota State? Is he going to be sitting on a couple national titles by then? We just oh. talked to Jay Hill. I mean, that could change the equation. You know, so I, I mean, the answer is probably not. And, and you can just go on the history of Pac-12 and Pac-10 hires. It doesn't happen very often. But that also doesn't mean it can't happen, that there can't be a one-off in an unusual circumstance. It's his alma mater. He played there. He coached there. And now he has taken a school 45 minutes away to a level they have never, ever been to. In a really competitive league. Yeah, in a very competitive league. Yeah. Three straight conference titles or co-titles. Three straight quarterfinals, one of them a semi. And now if they improve and get better than that, or even if they just post two more semis. I can't say no. I think he'd be a great fit. You and I have talked about this before. But, you know, the, the genius of Lavelle is figuring out a recruiting model that worked for that school. It wouldn't work anywhere else. But given their strengths and their weaknesses, it was a great model. And the genius of McBride was saying – Hey, wait a minute. We can copy 90% of this. I'm going to do it a little different because you're not a private religious school. You're a state public school. But let's face it. He copied a lot of what Lavelle did. He welcomed Polynesian players. He welcomed return missionaries. Utah? Utah yeah. Utah is a state public religious school. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, Kyle saw that. Gary Anderson has seen it. Jay Hill has seen it. And they've all taken it to these schools, the model. Now, you've got to tweak it because Weber's a little different than Utah. You've got to tweak it because Utah State's probably Utah, Utah State's probably the strongest comparison more than Utah to Weber or even Utah to BYU. So they all tweak it. They put their own spin on it, both for themselves and for the school. But you've got to say 80% of the model. We're going back to Lavella. We're going back to Mac. You know, you can just see. You can just see it. And so, to me, that makes Jay a much more attractive hire at Utah than it would in any other Pac-12 school. And he still might work at one of the other schools, but it would be a bigger ask for one of these other schools to go and hire him. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see what happens now with, with Weaver because he acknowledged Gary Anderson basically poaching some of his players. Sure. How will that play out? What, what will happen? Because Weaver's won two in a row. They're fourteen and two in the Big Sky in the last two years. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> They've had double-digit seasons now three years in a row. To be able to maintain that uh, just increases his awesomeness. Essentially, I think he's five and three in the playoffs now. Yeah, he's what, got a winning record in the postseason. What he's done is just so it's 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 as impressive as anything we've seen save Lavelle Edwards in college football in so, the state. So if Utah. BYU or Utah State had an opening, and he was the guy, that wouldn't shock you at all. Utah State would be the most natural jump. Oh, I think BYU would be too. Utah State has hired multiple Big Sky coaches, and Mountain West schools have hired Big Sky coaches, right? Plenty. Wyoming just did. Well, not uh, just. Utah but, yeah. State has. Um, Vegas has tried it a few times. And yeah. Hauk didn't do all that well, but it's been done. It's been done. Right. Joe Glenn was that. Uh, also, and obviously the uh, what's his name, the guy uh, at Wyoming now, Craig Bull. Bull. Craig Bull. Yeah. I was trying not to yeah. spit out Joe Tiller. That was a huge mistake. Joe Tiller. I know, right? I don't That's know why. That's Tiller. the Wyoming name that was stuck in my brain right then. I'm like, old don't Joe say Tiller. it. Don't say it. Don't say it. That's got to be 25 years ago. I know. I know. Didn't he leave in like '97 for Purdue? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say he was at yeah, Purdue for a good while, and and it got him to a Rose Bowl, which is yes, yeah, that's off true. The chart. Joe Wyoming Tiller. has a history. <laughs> Wyoming has a history of really good coaches. None of them stay. Oh, but yeah. they go in and have three or four just Erickson? huge years. Acres. Erickson was Erickson one and done. I think a lot of them were. Pat yeah. Dye was a one and done up there too. Yeah. Oh, Pat Dye. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why I think part of the reasons why Wyoming Wyoming has been better is that Bowl took the job older, was well into his fifties, yeah. and more inclined to stay there. Right. And I think that continuity has really helped the program. And Weber actually opens with Wyoming this year. Well, Jay Hill, is, uh, is his phone's going to ring. 18 out of 20. DJ does not see BYU ever reestablishing themselves against Utah. Man. We just did the story, uh, and we were talking about this, at 10 years from now, the $30 million a year Utah is getting in distribution from the Pac-12 is supposed to double and go to 60. The gap's going to get wider. Financially, yeah. Now you hire the wrong coach, though, okay, and they don't yeah, cash well, in well, on it. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, well, look at the basketball program. You would have never guessed three bids in fifteen years. Okay, but then there's the thing that the money hasn't paid off. I know. That's why if you hire the wrong guy, but if you got the right guy so and you got the money, is, is Strobeck's the wrong guy. Apparently, 
If you want to, if you want to make that a wow, four straight NCAA tournaments missed. So, man, you want, hey, tweet that out, Yak. David DJ James thinks Gary Kristoviak is the wrong guy. Okay. You got to tweet out the exact quote. Apparently. Yeah. That was it. I'm just One word. Is, do you, need the, you need the quote. You need the question to set it up. Then you need a double space. And then apparently, period. Okay, fine. That's, that's We're saying the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm lost. Do you think he's the right guy? <laughs> I am not going to say that he's definitely the wrong guy. Okay. This is where you blast me for staying on the fence. <laughs> but, you know, if you're comfortable. I got to be true to who I am. I can okay. lie to you and come, 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 absolutely get rid of the bum. I can say that for reaction, yeah, but I'm not a shock I jock. Don't, I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> and like next Wednesday, that's who you are, TV boy. Straight down no, the you're middle. You're fine. You said what you said. Stand I by. I don't have any problem I with do. it. I'm just playing around, but I appreciate the opinion. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 this zone. I know that they're trying their best to be cautiously optimistic. You have to weigh what you're talking about. Are you talking about getting a sport going that can be observed? Mainly, you're not going to have people sitting in the stands close to each other. If you can get away with either televised completely or a very serious social distancing, There's Dr. Anthony Fauci, or as PK labeled him earlier this morning. Tony Fowl. T-Fowl. T-Fowl. Do you want it even short? Shorter, I should say. Yes, as, short as, as okay, short as possible. You're right. That's the way we go. Did that happen at Arizona State? Because at UC Santa Barbara, everything got shortened up. We were the laziest speakers ever. Words er, um, became phrases. Phrases became letters. Francisco Torres was FT. Isla Vista was IV. I mean, seriously, it just shortened everything up. What was Vicky Dahl? <laughs> oh, dear. Was no <laughs> Yaki, you proud of me? I didn't create a drop, though. How about that? That is good. Yes, I'm proud of you. I actually knew of Vicky Dahl. That's Did you I, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, time to get you up to date on everything that happened in today's show, and it's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. David Locke came on and talked about how he's trying to rationalize himself into thinking that uh, the Bogdanovich loss isn't a huge loss. And we didn't have time because it was right at the end of the discussion, but I liked what he said about three-point shooting is still undervalued because I think there's some truth to that. But if three-point shooting is undervalued, then Bogdanovich's loss is a massive loss. Well, it is a massive loss individually, but the way I look at it is you have the team ceiling with Bogey. Mm -hmm. You have the team ceiling without Bogey. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure the team ceiling without Bogey is different than the team ceiling with Bogey. A little but not a lot, I get your point. I never thought they were going to a conference finals. Yeah. So for the people who are saying, well, now with bogey, we're not going to the conference finals, the NBA finals. Well, I didn't think you were going there anyway. That, so That's what I'm saying. Now, the odds of going to the second round, I think they've gone down. Not knowing who they're going to play and how that team is playing, I can't really tell you what the odds are. Nor could I tell you that before, for that matter. But just gut instinct, it seems they're less likely to get out of the first round. 
but I really do think the Lakers and Clippers. Yeah. You were talking about this with the Nuggets yesterday, uh, earlier this week. Uh-huh. You know that there's a, and someone. Um, Andy Bailey, who comes on our show, was just on with Scotty G yesterday and Hands. And he was talking about, he says, I think there's another tier of contenders, three, four, five teams that are much better. He's basically making your point. You're pretty much on the same page with them. That are much better. Usually there's only two or three teams that can win it. But there's some really good teams behind the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks. I agree there's some really good teams behind the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks, but I don't think any of those teams, especially in the West, are capable of winning three straight playoff series against those teams, which, barring upset, is the path you'll have to take. You know, if you're, if you're the Jazz, they're in the four right now, right? So if they win, if they stay there and they win a series, they're going to get the Lakers, they'd probably get the Clippers after that, and they'd probably get the Bucks in the final. Are the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Thunder, all pretty good teams – you got to like them. Are they likely to beat, to, over six weeks, beat those three teams? Yeah, but were they anyway? No. I don't know. I think there's so three that, teams. It's like most years in the NBA. There's three teams that can win it. Uh, It'd be I, a little I easier. Go to, a little deeper than It that. would be a little easier to backdoor it out of the East because you only have to beat two out of the three. You know, the, the Boston or Toronto. Yeah, but I, I, I think Boston and Toronto are very good teams. They are, they are good teams. I think that the gap between the East and West has shrunk. There probably still is one. You get down to seven in the West. Seven in the West is much better than seven in the East. You know, so I mean, we're going nuts on Milwaukee, but they've done nothing. They haven't proven it yet. Now they got the best record in the NBA, so maybe this was the year, the breakout year, and they get over the hump and maybe, blah blah blah. Well, maybe but they do, we but we don't know it. We don't know. Oh, I want to see it first. Uh, so I don't know when the, I'm not I'm like you. I'm not picking the Jazz to go to the finals when they lose. I just don't know that it's going to be that much different than with Bogdanovich. Well, we say, man, they would have won that series with Bogdanovich. Now, maybe they, maybe, maybe we can say that. Remains to be seen. But right now, I'm not so sure I can guarantee, man, if they would have had Bogdanovich, they would have won. I agree. The ceiling has, uh, has lowered without Bogdanovich. The odds of winning that first-round playoff series have changed. But, you know, it's kind of something we've been talking about going – Going back to Boozer and Williams, you know, when they were young. You were young and the team in front of you is older, but you can't guarantee that just because you get older and get better and that team's bound to drop off, that somebody else isn't going to jump in there. And I think now we've seen enough of the quote-unquote super teams, and maybe not super teams, but very good teams formed by partnering up, you know, veteran stars, that I think more of the public accepts that whole theory now than they did when we were talking doesn't about it 10 or 15 years ago. It doesn't matter because the series still played out. The, but I think more people get that. You know, the Clippers, you know, took a huge step forward. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and came out of nowhere. Yeah, to me, that bodes well for the Jazz. Who wouldn't want to play with Mitchell? Who wouldn't want to play with Gobert? Recruit. Bring him in. Why not? Yeah. I mean, these guys are still young enough to where you can bring in some veteran dudes and have a good run. I mean, we were looking at 23, 27. You're barely getting started when you think about it. So how do you get that third really good player? Someone who does for this group what Jeff Hornacek did for the group in the 90s. Mitchell? Well, you, that's up to management to see if they can do it. Uh, and also these players, because yeah. that's what's happening. You talk about recruiting. Yeah. Go out and sell it, man. Why not Why not do it here? Anybody can freaking do it in L.A. Anybody <laughs> can do it in <laughs> Miami. It's L.A. Add water and oh, stir. Yeah, duh. What, do you, what the hell? You know, at least with Kawhi, to an extent, it's the Clippers, so it's a little bit different because they used to be awful for 25 years. 
I think th- those days are gone. Well, they had, they, were. Good, they had a good run with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. That, Not I, a great run. I, but no, a good I was run. going back before before Chris well, Paul well, and Blake well, Griffin. Sterling. Yeah, you know, one, they were now terrible. Sterling's gone, and so it's, it's, it's a whole new ball game. So it, they're not a laughing stock. I don't think they're going to be a laughing stock, but at least it is a little different. But going to the Lakers, when we get there, I'll put your, your jersey up there with Kareem and Magic and, and Wilt and so on and so forth. Shaq. Who's even going to notice? And West. Yeah, and even Baylor. I mean, the and, and, list goes on and on. Worthy's an awesome player, but he's not even one of the top six or eight names up on that wall. No. Yeah, exactly. And he's awesome. But. Right. And so, and Jamal Wilkes was there, and Norm Nixon. Yeah. I mean, they had yeah, obviously some really, really good players, outstanding players. But so, why not? My point is, why not do it here? Do something different. Anybody can go to these places and do what they do. Go to Boston. So, is America going to root for Milwaukee because the two LA teams? You just can't root for them. Or how about this for a total outsider? If you're like, how about Toronto? They lose Kawhi and then they repeat. I mean, the regular season is a different beast, and we know that. But right now, they're, they're on the pace they were on last year. I don't know about America, but I know Canada will. Okay. Uh, I do think that America roots for greatness. And if Milwaukee was on to come home, and he does that spin move at half court, and it seems like it's one step, and he's on top of the basket. You know what I mean? So he's at half court. He takes a step, one plants at the top of the key, yeah. spins, yeah. the and second step it, into the paint, and then and he strides, and then, and then dunks, dunks it. it. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like it? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he, he does that spin move. We've seen it a million times. And the, and he's all over the hoop. I mean, he's just so long and so athletic. Who wouldn't root for that? I mean, I maybe I'm different. I don't necessarily root for teams. I root for the best to, to play each other so I can enjoy it that way. Yeah, and if they get there, that I'm fine with it. But that's a good chunk of the country. You're, I mean, you are an outlier because a lot of people have their favorite teams. But there are a lot of – I think there are more people like you than people want to let on. And I also think that people have favorite teams still have favorite players on other teams. Of course. Yeah. I think that's why they Mustern was a genius to market the, the guys. Yeah. I do think, though, if, if Giannis leaves, that's a massive turnoff. If he leaves for one of those glamour, some combination well, he, of glamour, big market. He's not leaving to go weather. to Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> so if he leaves, it is going to be for one of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. He's not, I don't think he's leaving to go to Atlanta. Which is a metropolitan city. But I still don't think he's doing that. It would help the NBA if he did leave if it was that. But Right, but at that point he might as well just but, stay. But yeah. Indiana, Milwaukee, Utah, Denver. I mean there's a big chunk of the league. Milwaukee, I mean, it's their guy, it's their team, so it's gonna hit them harder. But there are a lot of teams that will feel their pain. You know, we're not Milwaukee, but we're not that different either. Oh, no. You're a little colder. You're yeah. a little smaller. You don't have the sizzle. I would argue you're a lot colder, but, yeah, I understand your point. So I, if, if he goes to well, – Chicago's been in the dumper, so I would sort of rule them out. Uh, but, you know, if he goes to either L.A. team, the Warriors, come on. The Heat. I mean, it's, it's just a joke. Where everyone becomes a farm team for one of five or six clubs? Uh, to an extent, yeah. 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 And then, and then, and then here we go again? Yeah. I mean, I know we like dynasties and all, and, and it was fun to see Cleveland and, and the Warriors, but... But could you not buy your dynasty off the shelf? It can't be as easy as walking into Target and picking up a dynasty and walking out. 
Yeah. Which is what it seems like when you go out and clear cap space and bring in two free agents. Right. You or, identify or a guy the, who's already awesome. Yeah, and Durant doing what he did. And, and, and his mother is acting like it was so unbelievable. Come on. <laughs> I mean, no, it was actually, it was probably the most predictable title in the history of the NBA, actually. <laughs> Good argument there. <laughs> yeah. They've already won a title, and now they've added Durant. How will that work out? I think it was sort of fun to watch, but if it's repetitive, it, it does bother you a little bit. Yeah, but it's been a decade of this, from the super team of Miami to the Warriors scooping up Durant to now the Lakers and the Clippers going out and just clearing cap space and bringing in the known star. That That's... That's four times the story yeah, has but, been told. but Kawhi left them a title in a process, so it doesn't seem as bad. And they had to acquire Paul George. It doesn't seem as bad. I don't think the Toronto title bugs people. No, I'm, uh, so, I'm, I'm saying like that he left them one. Well, LeBron left Cleveland one. And I don't think there's been a big hubbub of him going to the Lakers. Now, Anthony Davis wearing a shirt, that's all, folks, <laughs> is basically giving New Orleans the middle finger. Yeah. And they didn't have a title. Yeah. They didn't have a title. They didn't no. have a, a, a playoff series, did they? I don't think they even won. No, I, yeah, I, I, get, I take your point. And uh, so when he left Cleveland, they weren't ripping down posters and burning them and the owners saying he's a you-know-what. Yeah. Like, well, you did your job here. And so you gave us what you we wanted. You got us a title. We don't begrudge you your trip to L.A. Yeah, and you want to go do they? films and whatnot. Yeah. And, and the first time he left Cleveland, they he yeah, did they leave him a title, and they did begrudge him. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So same thing. If, if, if you take a free agent, if Hayward won a title and left, then when he said, goodbye, Utah, I'll miss you, thank you for everything, we would have said okay instead of bleep you. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on what they leave in their, in their wake. And on to Takumo, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe if he leaves and they win a title, maybe it'll be that way. I don't know. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We got a lot of people hitting us up. Father's Day on Sunday. Why is your dad awesome? We will get to some of your responses. If you want to give your dad a shout-out, give us a story, do it next. 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Feedback of the day brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Question of the day with Father's Day Sunday, why is your dad awesome? Give him a shout out. Jill tweets at us, I got my dry, sarcastic sense of humor from my dad. Laughing till I'm crying emoji. Wow, I know Jill. Her father must have been something or is something. She does have a very dry (laughs) sense of humor. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, we read this one earlier, but for the folks just joining the show, it's worth repeating this. Derek says his dad is awesome because he bought Ute season football, football season tickets in 1982. Had them ever since. Got 18 seats now. That is what? Going on almost 40 years of season tickets. That's really sweet. And, you know, I'm jealous and envious of that because I moved out of Arizona in 1984, 85. And I've not lived in the state where I've had family since. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 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 get, I get envious of these big families who do that type of thing. And I, and I know some, that being one, but I know personally where they go, brothers, and now they're yeah. taking sons and grandpas and, and grandmas and all that stuff. And, 
You're right, man. That is about events, and that's experiences. That's what sports do. That's why I want them back. I don't give a crap about the winning and losing. I'm talking about the experience of bringing people together and enjoying it. Dirk says, I have played in and coached over 1,000 baseball games, and I could probably count the number of games my dad missed on one hand. And I'm sure it would take no more than two hands. He's That's saying, a high percentage. Yeah, he's saying his dad's been probably it. at 995 games. <laughs> but certainly he's been at 990. Showing up, man. There you go. You got to love that. Uh, let's see. Who else have we got here? Um, uh, my dad is cool, and he had the coolest car. His coolest car was a 65 GTO. Clint sent us a picture of the photo. Okay. Yeah, if you're into that. Yeah, absolutely. He says he was a third-generation military man, and he always had awesome cars. And there's a, a photo of the generations. Nice, Clint. Good work. Thank you. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. You got anything you want to send us? Uh, send us off to it right now. We got, a, uh, we got a couple minutes. One of the coolest things my dad did, sports-oriented. So I am in high school, and I'm playing high school basketball, and... We had the San Diego State tickets, my grandpa, my dad, my brothers, and I. And we had them when I was in elementary school all the way through junior high and high school. And San Diego State was dominating the PCA, became the Big West. And they had a couple of years as an independent. They went 10-1. and one, And we were all fired up from them going in the WAC because in those days there were like 10 bowl games, you know. And if you won the WAC, you got to go to a bowl game. And you go 10-1 and one and not go bowling. San Diego State did that multiple times. And so the holiday was brand new. It was, uh, I think, the second or third year of the Holiday Bowl. And San Diego State was 8-2. and two. I think they were ranked. BYU was ranked. They were 10-0. and 0, And they played the last game of the year. And Dad's like, hey, you got basketball practice? You're still doing two-a-days? Can you go to the game or not? Because they moved it the afternoon for national TV. 10th, I, th- I think. Okay. So high school? No, I was 11th. I was 11th because I knew who the coach was. I was 11th grade. And, uh, and so I went to the coach. Uh, when they announced the game change because it was going to be on TV in the era when there was only one game on ABC every Saturday, the Dark Ages. And I, and I said to the coach, I said, hey, coach, uh, we take the San Diego State game. We practice Saturday afternoon. Yes, we're practicing Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and back, and dad says, oh, I hate to do it, but we got to give the ticket to a neighbor. Then we had a friend. And, yeah, we should not let the ticket be used. Friday co- or Thursday at practice, coach was like, all right, a bunch of you got Aztec tickets. We're practicing early. You can go to the game late. Dad had already given the ticket away. <laughs> and I am totally bummed. And Dad looked at me without missing a beat. And he said, you can have my ticket. I'll stay. Oh, I thought he was going to say tough leap. <laughs> no, he gave me his ticket. And my dad was so hardcore. He skipped his 10-year high school reunion. And he married my mom, his high school sweetheart. She didn't go. And she was pissed. And I, she didn't go. She didn't go to 10-year reunion. She didn't go. And Dad was, this didn't come up for a while. And somehow it came up, and Dad's like, yeah, I went to a football game, and she was mad. Oh. I'm like, you went to a football game? He says, yeah, uh, San Diego State was playing North Dakota State. I looked it up while we were in a break here. Uh, November 5, uh, 1966, the top two teams in the country in what was then the college division uh-huh. before they had Division two and three, San Diego State won in front of 35,000 at Balboa Stadium and went on to be 11-0 and win the national championship. Dad bailed on his 10-year reunion to go to San Diego State football. Had a kid. Who, who has a reunion in November? He's supposed to have it in the summer. Well, it's San Diego. It's still summer in that's November. Not, it's, <laughs> the we- I don't know. It's not the know. weather. It's the, the time of year. It was Sweetwater High. Nobody left. It went more than 10 miles. I mean, it was San Diego, but it was a very Utah but you, story. You, the the farthest know. you go into the calendar is September. 
Well, dude, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I could look up that game and say, well, there was their 10-year reunion. There it is. Oddly enough, one of their closest games that year was coming up here and beating Weber State 38-34. Did he go to the 20 then? Because if you go to the 20, then You know, I cares? think that's probably why it came up. It probably came up because they were going to the 20. Yeah. So, All right. So then you make yeah. good on that. Yeah. 20's better. 10 is too soon anyway. It seems like it's <laughs> a long ways away. But when you look back, 10... Yeah, you're not that barely that old, man. You're not even 30. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, uh, you know, Jay was just telling us they sent six guys to the NFL. That Aztec team had five guys drafted in the first two rounds. You're getting bogged down, though, in details now. Five guys. Yach, help us out. Five guys to the <laughs> NFL. Hey, Yach, you want to hear about the greatness of the Aztecs? Let's not. Oh, we yuck. gotta go, Yuck. Come I'll, on, yeah, I'll okay. skip you at twenty. All right, before we go, before we go, <laughs> tell people about uh, Jay Hill and that drive he hit in the last break. Yeah, he did. They had him hit. We're off the first tee here at Ogden Country Club. It's a par five, and he went there with no glove. He said he had sunscreen on his hand, and it was a junk ball, and he bombed it down the left side. Just a beautiful swing. Just crushed it. I don't mind playing golf with the other guy we talked about, but I am playing with Jay Hill. <laughs> 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 All right, we're out of time. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. We will see you Sunday night on Talking Sports on Channel 2.